Hey, it's Unfiltered with Lisa Sapino, and I'm here to talk about real lives, fueled by real prayers, women doing their best to serve God. Today I'm with Jen Johnson from Port Ritchie, Florida. She's a great friend of mine. She's a mom, a wife, an author, a creative, and loves God with all her heart. She's doing her best to serve God. One of my first questions, um, Jen, is about a prayer meeting that you recently spearheaded. We're meeting about, what, 16 weeks now? Yes. Okay, tell me about that. Well, first, thank you for having me on today. It's such an honor to be a guest on your show, Lisa. Um, it just was really something that God put on my heart years ago, actually, and I didn't follow through. I kind of drug my feet, uh, just thinking that, you know, I didn't know what it really looked like, and I just kept hearing the Lord use the word community get out in the community I want you to be out in the community beyond the church walls and so when all of this happened with the pandemic and shutting everything down uh, God really just began to give me clear visions of women um, in their homes uh, fearful and uncertain and just not knowing what to do or what was happening uh, it was just such an adjustment and so I just really started praying and God just said go to the parks and pray for women and so I got with three of my friends uh, to see what they thought about it and they all thought that it was a great idea so we set the first date and we're off and running Jen um, you know as long as I've known you you have a heart for women in particular explain why and what led you to that mission focus Lisa gosh about decades ago really I was a young mom and my husband was not saved and I just knew that I needed to anchor myself or I wasn't going to be able to make it because I was really dealing with so much myself. I have a wonderful husband. He was not a bad husband. He just didn't know the Lord. So every time I went to a church event, I went alone. I took my boys alone. And so um, I, God just like really spoke to me about Titus 2. And so I read that and it's, you know, it's about, it's about older women teaching younger women how to be better, better wives and mothers. And so I, I said to the Lord, well, that's crazy because I'm the young mother right now. I don't know what I'm doing. I can't tell anyone this. And so I just began praying um, fervently for the Lord to bring me an older woman that could pour into my life and show me what Titus 2 looked like. And so uh, within just a few weeks, he brought a wonderful older woman. She was about 30 years older than me uh, into my life, and she mentored me. She taught me how to be a women's ministry leader and teacher, and uh, I just really it just penetrated my heart, and I just knew that someday that's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be um, teaching women and uh, young moms. Do you think there's a lack of that in the church Oh, for sure. I definitely think there is. Um, I just, it saddens me because you just don't see that being taught anymore. You don't see older women pouring into younger women or younger women even being taught to desire that, really. Mm. Um, it's just, we've got such a, it seems like such a society now of um, people who just think they know it all and, you know, they're not seeking that godly wisdom or just, you know, even being taught how to cook or clean and uh, so, yes, I, I do think so. Yeah, and it seems to me like the younger women, many of them that I know, they tend to discount the older generation as a whole when there's all this wisdom and knowledge that they're happy to share, but they don't feel welcome. Do you think that's the case? 
I, I think that they just haven't experienced it. Mm -hmm. So yes, I you know they could probably feel like they're not welcome or like they're not smart if they seek that maybe. But um, I just think it's something that they haven't really experienced in their life. So it's just it's hard for them to imagine what that even looks like. Yeah. Um, I have just funny when I was the women's ministry leader um, at my church. I was sitting one day with um, the pastors and just happened to be a few of the men from the uh, music team. And they asked me, they're like, could you just please start a class for um, basic home skills? Could you just wow. teach our wives to cook and to clean and, <laughs> you know, how to do just basic home things? And I was just really intrigued at that men, you know, wanted their wives to, to be taught that and to have like a home. They asked me if I could do grown up home act, basically. And to be honest with you, I was that woman. Um, my mom was very concerned about me growing up. <laughs> I said all the time that the D word was just domestication was not ever going to be in my wheelhouse. Uh, I didn't want to cook. I didn't want to clean. I didn't want to know anything about being domesticated. And so, I mean, even, you know, that far back. And so, yeah, it's definitely something that is not in a lot of women, but uh, it runs so much better when it is uh, part of your everyday life and you're taking care of your home and your children and your husband. And there's just so much gratification in that that's not taught by the world. Right. Course. No, it is not taught by the world. It is not. They're so afraid of the stigma of submission mm -hmm. or, you know, giving up their own will and what they don't really find uh, to be true or because of not practicing it is that your life is so much more when you have those things right. in place. When you have the biblical things in place, you you live more peacefully. God's design is for the mother to nurture the children and yeah. for them to teach, you know, stability to the children and bring that to their home. Um, you know, I worked through most of my, you know, children's lives growing up, but um, the years that I spent at home, and even though we suffered tremendously financially, I would never replace those mm -hmm. because um, those were just the best years. And I think that Unfortunately, that's not the culture that we're taught um, in the world, mm -hmm. uh, being there for a family and just and being happy and satisfied in that. But that's truly um, what the Bible teaches us. And, and it's hard for, for young families now, too, because it does take two incomes. In our society, the way the economy has been structured and the banking and the home buying and all of that, it, it's very difficult to, to make it on one income. And the families that do do that, um, hats off to them, but it is difficult. It when is very difficult, again, because that's what we're taught. We're taught, um, you know, to, to desire all of these things before we can afford them. And, you know, I just know that um, with my own son and his new wife and they have a new baby, uh, they struggle, but they, I'm so, so blessed that they've made the decision to tough it out and to keep her mm -hmm. at home. Um, but, you know, it's just, it's the way we live. Um, and again, that's what's culturally taught is to live either just inside of our means or outside of our means. And unfortunately, if we could have more teaching, um, you know, again, from women and men who are older and wiser to, you know, to not live without without their means or outside of their means yeah uh that would be so much better for the homes yeah yeah and that, and and modern life really does train people to want it all absolutely think, you think you can have it all but you're mm -hmm. always giving something up absolutely for that absolutely 
So Jen, you have a really unique situation at home. Uh, your husband and son both have health challenges. Do you want to explain that and talk about that at all? Sure. In 2012, my husband was diagnosed with his first uh, and second stage four aggressive cancers. And praise God, he went through treatment and came out of that um, cancer free. And then um, again, just this past year in 2019, he was diagnosed with stage four mantle cell lymphoma, which was in his blood and his bones. Mm. Uh, he went ahead and went through cancer treatment again and is now um, up for having a bone marrow transplant uh, so that this lymphoma would not be as strong if it comes back. Wow. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's had a lot, he has a lot of um, physical ramifications from the chemo um, so, you know, we just deal with a lot of that. I do a lot of holistic uh, things with him for his health. And my son, who is 29, three years ago, um, he went on a trip with his buddies and um, he called me and told me that he was having some pains. He was having a hard time breathing. And so by the grace of God, he ended up at his friend's uh, house, his friend's grandmother's house. And she was a retired nurse and she called me and she said, I, I don't think that he's well, I'm, I'm going to take him to the hospital. And so he ended up in the emergency room and then they transported him from North Georgia to Chattanooga, Tennessee. Um, and he was in congestive heart failure. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And so they, um, he had an underlying small heart condition. Well, it's not a small heart condition, but he had an underlying heart condition uh, that was triggered and intensified. Basically, he destroyed his heart with drinking these energy drinks. Oh, my. So goodness. he had been up for three days and then he drove the whole way himself, um, hitting these monster drinks really hard. And so because of this, we may have never known about the heart condition, but because of what he did with the energy drinks, it um, just really destroyed his heart. So now he has, he goes into AFib and congestive heart failure probably about every four months oh um, goodness, he did wow. in 2019. Praise God, in 2020, he's only been in once uh, in February. But yeah, it's pretty serious. Um, he needs uh, a lot of healing. I mean, there's really nothing they can do. Maybe someday he would have to have a heart transplant, but right now he's got a defibrillator implanted in his chest, and uh, we just deal with it the best we can. My goodness. I, I was going to ask you, how do you, how do you cope with all of that? I know when I when I first met you, I, I heard some of this and was just astonished at how much you deal with with the health challenges of insurance and treatments and traveling for treatments and trying to schedule treatments. Yes. What has that been like? Well, for me, I just I get in a zone. My oldest son Kyle, who we're talking about, uh, he when he was born, he wasn't supposed to live. So God just you know, obviously has plan for his life because the enemy has tried to snatch him many times um, but he wasn't supposed to make it and uh, I just I go into like this zone where I just do what I have to do like I'm the mom and my thoughts were uh, nobody's going to be able to give my child the peace and the comfort that I will with my voice and my care so I just hold it together mm -hmm. um, and then you know there comes a time where I have a breakdown or I let go after things are, are calm. But the thing that, that I really think that I'm, I was thinking about this as you were telling me that you were going to ask me about this. And I think the thing that really is critical for me is uh, 
I find a scripture that anchors me mm. and I write it daily and I repeat it and I tell people about it. And like with my husband's first bout of cancer, it was Hebrews six nineteen. You know, we have this hope as an anchor for our soul, safe and secure. Amen. Um, and so I just, you know, I, I even got a tattoo of it. So, um, <laughs> But it's just really being anchored in scripture and staying. I have mentors that pour into my life and I hold steadfast to them. And uh, I just buckle down and do what mm -hmm. I have to do because I know that um, my caring for them is far better than, and it's not that I don't um, have, you know, anything bad to say about the healthcare system, um, you know, but they're busy, they're overworked. Mm -hmm. And so I just I get it in my head that I'm the one who's going to take care of them and I do it. Boy, wow. If you're listening, just agree with us in prayer. You know, we, we pray right. regularly for Jen and her family. So please pray, pray for her and her husband and her, her son. Um, that brings me back to the women's prayer meeting in the park. One of the best parts of that meeting has been the times where we pray for each other and specific mm. needs yes. at specific times. We've also talked about growing that group. What plans do you have for the prayer group for the future? Oh, wow. That's a, that's a big one because um, I'm really not good at planning. <laughs> Um, but I am good at listening to the Lord and, you know, trying to do what I feel like he's telling me to do. Uh, I see it, you know, we've just got such a great group of women right now that are just steadfast in um, their walk with the Lord and praying for each other and uplifting each other. And we have um, chat groups that we're in and we pray for each other. Uh, and we just started, you know, uh, messaging you know, 911 to each other if someone <laughs> needs prayer. And so just, you know, a lot of things like that. I'd love to see, I'd love to see it grow. And, you know, maybe in other parks, women start, you know, uh, meeting in other parks. I just feel like we need something to, to take uh, the nation by charge as far as spiritually for women. My heart is just for women to, to feel safe in their walk with the Lord and know that, uh, he's not going to leave us or, or forsake us for any reason. And one of the things that you've been very focused on is this group is for women. It's with women, about mm -hmm. women, and for women. And you often say that you want women to feel safe. Tell me a little bit about that thought process. What what causes you to have that focus on that? Gosh, I, I mean, again, it goes back to just God planting Titus too deep in mm -hmm. my heart. But... Um, you know, I just, I, I believe um, wholeheartedly that women teach women, men teach men. And so, you know, my focus has always been on women and I've been in women's ministry for, I think, 25 years now. And so when I was in, probably the, the biggest pull on my heart was when I was in um, a church a few years back and I was the women's ministry leader and we had about a hundred ladies in our ministry and just seeing the hurt and the pain uh, that moms and women and wives go through my heart just aches for women and um, not maybe having the resources that they need to find comfort and safety mm -hmm. um, I think that there our society teaches women to suck it up and yes. be tough and 
that's not what God says at all in right. his word. Guilty. He says, yes, yes. <laughs> we, well, we discussed this. Me too. Mm-hmm. I've always, you know, I had a rough um, childhood and, you know, I just always toughed it up and pulled up my big girl pants. And that's mm-hmm. not that's not biblical at all. It's so against scripture. We're to be there for each other and we're to minister to each other and we're supposed to cry out in our times of need and, and humble ourselves at the cross. And so that just is my heart's cry is just to teach women that and to be there for women um, that don't have that in their lives. I know that we've talked about um, the fruit of that group and we've already begun to see fruit from Mm, that group. Yes. Um, One of the interesting things that happened early on was we had a couple ladies run up and they wanted to be at the prayer meeting that started <laughs> yeah. at 11, but we were a 1030 start and we're like thinking, what, what are they talking about? And t- tell the listeners how, <laughs> how that day ended up and what happened. Oh, that was pretty crazy. God just has, he just has some funny stuff up his sleeve. Um, we did, we had, we were still just a very small group. There were just four or five of us that met every week. Um, and so I was, we were all just chatting and catching up and, I was looking over my shoulder and I saw this lady coming straight for us and she was <laughs> definitely coming for us. And I thought, oh, fantastic. Somebody knew. And I was like, yay, God. And it was on and Facebook. So yes, the assumption yes, was exactly. that this person found, found it on it. Facebook. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so, and, you know, we've had women sharing it and we have a lot of ladies on the page that, you know, haven't come out. But um, so as she got up to us we all kind of looked at each other and none of us knew her and she's like is this the bible study and i'm like yes and she's like okay i've got friends hold on i'll be right back and so then it didn't take very long for her to figure out that her group of people were on the other side of the park (laughs) so i was like oh man and then we just decided that we would all pack it up and go to there um, because there had an open meeting as well and so we all just trucked it across the park and sat down with them and prayed with them and uh, united with them for that day. And then um, they came back. We had two or three of them come back, and uh, two of them come every single week now, which is just amazing. So, you know, nothing That was by one chance. of my favorite days in the yeah. history of the meeting. That yeah. really was cool so it was it was was cool i mean we kill that word cool but it was (laughs) (laughs) well is there anything else that you'd like to share today about just everything we've talked about what's what's the driving thought from your heart today the driving thought from my heart would be uh if you're a woman and you're listening to this whether whatever stage in life you're in you might have little children you might not be married yet or you might be um, the older wiser woman who thinks that you don't have anything else to give anymore I would just say don't be isolated Um, one of my things that I've always said is that you know isolation gives the enemy full reign of your brain Mm. and so we don't want that we don't want the enemy to have any hold on our lives and so I would say um, more than anything find somebody that you can unite with you know take that one brave step like I did 25 years ago and just joined a random women's Bible study and it ended up being the basis of all of my years of serving the Lord in ministry just step out step out in faith take that one step of faith and ask the Lord to bring you into community with women who are like-minded and serving the Lord by the grace of God, I just want to say that my husband was saved in 2009 and came to the Lord, so our prayers were answered. Amen. Hope you have enjoyed this 
first episode of Unfiltered with Lisa Lisa. Sapino. Awesome. Thank you, Lisa. (laughs) 